Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. We're going to be beginning our study. I'm going to say in the book of Revelation, because in all honesty, I don't, be, I don't know, I don't think we will finish this study. You might find absolute understanding in the book of Revelation, but it will be had when the Lord takes his people out of here, either through death or through rapture, I believe. I'm a pre-tribulation guy, which means I think the next thing on God's calendar is the rapture of the saints, then the tribulation period, then the thousand-year kingdom, then eternity. I believe those things are borne out in the book of Revelation. With all of John's writings, you may remember that he does a summary. Okay, So in John chapter 20, John chapter 20, the summary verses are chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. Many of the signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing you might have life through his name. So John, he tells the reader that the gospel according to John, this letter of good news for the reader is unto salvation. Okay. In 1 John, you can see the progression here. Okay. And we talked about this, and we have each time we've done an overview of one of his writings, John's writings. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. So someone that has believed the gospel, this letter is written to you. Why? That you may know that you have eternal life, and you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So it's a book of assurance, assurance of salvation, and that the belief in Jesus Christ unto salvation both would be assured of and would be anchored in Christ. That if someone had any doubt of their salvation, being a saved person, doubt would be removed. And if they were falsely believing they were saved, then they would be exposed that they were yet in their sins. In 2 John, verses 4 through 6, you see the walk of salvation. I, I, I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in the truth, in truth, as we have received a commandment from the Father. And now I beseech thee, lady, is writing to a local church and the children or the, the membership of that assembly, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. The walk of salvation is obedience. This is the commandment, that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. And in 3 John, we just finished up 3 John. So you had the way of salvation, assurance of salvation, the walk of salvation, and then wisdom and discernment of salvation. 3 John, verse 11. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. So salvation, assurance therein, the walk thereof and wisdom and discernment in it. So now we come to Revelation, chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3. What, what sensation, what, 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 uh, how, how, is, how are these three verses that we just read, how are they perceived? Well, it seems as though urgency is the word. Okay? Urgency. Urgency of those that have trusted in Christ that are assured of their salvation, walking in it, that they would both walk and have discernment, for the time is at hand. 
Okay. This is a book of maturity. Urgency and maturity. But if you read in verse 3, he says, Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of the prophecy and keep those things. Doesn't say a word about understanding any of it. Okay. So this is the ultimate book of faith for someone who is saved already. Trusting God and believing him and doing what he says, even and especially when it doesn't make sense. The walk of the believer, and, and as we've read through John's writings, these are things that are already recorded, things that by faith we can trust in. It's recorded. It's already happened. We can look back. But now many of these things are forward, and we, we get a taste of the unknown, what is yet to come. Yes, we, he tells us, but we literally have to live by faith. Literally have to live by faith. King Hezekiah. We just read about him. He destroyed that brazen serpent, didn't he? And then here comes uh, here comes a standing army against him, and, 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 and they're done away with, and now he's sick, and he prays to the Lord, and his health recovers. And the Lord tells him he's going to have so much time to live. Well, what's he do? He shows off the kingdom, starts acting arrogantly, and when he's confronted by the prophet Isaiah, all the things he's done about it, he says, well, what's the matter? I'm already told I'm okay. That's somebody else's problem. He's got, as they say, a blasé attitude. I believe one of the chief reasons why the Lord didn't tell us exactly when he's coming back is that a sense of urgency would be had of the people of God that operate through the church of the living God, that is, his local church with authority, that we would operate with all urgency to read, to hear, and to keep these things which he has given unto us, for the time is at hand. For the time is at hand. In the fighting world, you can watch these people and the, the, the rounds are for three minutes or five minutes or whatever, and then they have these two sticks. When there's 10 seconds left in a round, you'll hear them. You'll hear it. And you can see these fighters, whatever they have left, 10 seconds in the round, you see them extra energy, extra emotion, throwing extra hard. Why? Because the time is at hand. I believe that's what this book is about. It's a wake-up call to the children of God, those that have experienced the way of salvation, those that have assurance of salvation, to walk in the way of salvation, exercising wisdom and discernment. As we go through these first few verses, um, it, it's going to be important because we need to come back to this every time. Okay? The first thing that we see there, and in my Bible, I've got it marked out because it says the revelation of St. John the Divine. Does your Bible say that, the revelation of St. John the Divine? Mark that out. What does, what does verse 1 say? What's it say in your Bible, Lex? Revelation of Jesus Christ. It doesn't say the revelation of St. John the Divine, does it? Mark out of St. John the Divine because this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ is the focal point of the book of Revelation. Okay? It's not, it's not the church. It's not the Jews. It's not Antichrist. It's not the beast, the false prophet. It's, it's, nothing, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Toward the end of the book, John falls down and, and he says, No, I'm, a, I, I, I'm of thy fellow servants, the prophets. Get up. Don't worship me. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not about which angels. It's not about, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And the Father gave this unto him, it says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him. This, this is of all magnitude, okay? The Father gave it to him. If you turn back to the book of John, the one who had read John's writings, these, these ideas should be familiar. John chapter 5 and verses 19 and 20. John chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. It says, Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. And what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these, that ye may marvel. If you keep reading over to verse 36, same chapter, John chapter 5, 
Verse 36. But I have greater witness than that of John. For the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do, bear witness of me that the Father hath sent me. Okay. So you, you see here, while Jesus Christ is God and the Spirit of God is God and the Father is God, that, the, that Jesus Christ submits him, is submitted as submitted unto the Father. Okay? So the revelation of Jesus Christ continues the pattern that he does the works and the will of his Father. Keep reading verse 37. And the Father himself, which hath sent me, hath borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. And ye have not his word abiding in you, for whom he hath sent him ye believe not. So Jesus Christ was sent by the Father. Finish this, finish this sentence. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. He sent his Son to accomplish things in his gospel. But also the, the work of Christ in, at, at large, in, in, in total, is not yet done. There, there are things that Christ is still going to do. He's still going to put his feet on the Mount of Olives and it'll, it'll split in two. He's still going to come on his white horse and make war with the nations. He's still going to sit on the white throne and judge those that are outside of, of his blood. So everything that we see in the book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ, and it's everything that the Father has given him to do. He came not to do his own will, but his Father's will. That's what Christ said. So these things, as mysterious as they may be, it comes back down to what Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ is doing as commanded of his Father. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Obedient unto death, but who was he obedient to? He's obedient to God the Father. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him. So if, God, if he got, God also exalted him, what does that mean? God also humbled him in his cross and gave him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Has that happened yet? No, but it will because God gave it for Jesus Christ to accomplish. Every knee shall bow, things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, the, 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 they're confessing unto Christ, uh, that Christ is indeed Lord, but that glory ascends to the Father in a, in a, in a headship fashion. The Son is submitted to the Father. So everything that we know and see of the Lord Jesus Christ is consistent in the book of Revelation. This book, every study that we have goes back to Jesus Christ, to the glory of the Father, and these things that the Father gave him to do. It's pretty exciting stuff. Everything is about him. Everything points to him. Everything glorifies him, glorifying the Father. Many errors come in the book of Revelation from deviating from this. Okay, When you're trying to find out who's what and doing everything and, and whatever, don't take your eyes off of the Lord Jesus Christ. There will be many times you hear me say the phrase, I don't know. Why? Because I don't know. I can give you my best guess, and sometimes my best guess is not a good guess at all. Some things we're gonna, we, we could speculate. Other things we'll just leave alone and say, I don't know what that means. This is what it says. I don't know what it means. There's many passages in the book of Revelation. And you think, wow, that's really interesting. How come you didn't spend much time on it? Because I don't know. You know, you, It's like looking through somebody else's glasses. You ever tried to pick? When I was a kid, I tried to pick up my dad's glasses every once in a while, and he needed them, and I didn't. Trying to look through them, they're all fuzzy. You try to look through a lens that's not appropriate for your eyes, and it can be very confusing and disorienting, to say the least. Well, the best that we have is, I don't know, but it's got to be true because it's in God's Word. Trust the Lord. 
If I focus on on who the witnesses are, well, there's a if you look at the two witnesses that come in the book of Revelation, there's a, there's a whole bunch of opinions of who the witnesses could be, but we don't know. We got good guesses, but we don't know. You know what people leave out about the witnesses? They leave out that the people that were dancing and celebrating at their death that God Almighty saves people. By the gospel of Jesus Christ that was preached by those witnesses, he has mercy even upon the most wicked. Don't take your eyes off Christ. People try to figure out who the Antichrist is and what nationality is. Is he a Roman? Is he, is he, uh, is he an Arab? What is he? Don't take your eyes off Christ. Signs and wonders. Is it going to be a nuclear bomb? Are those Apache helicopters? What what are those? Don't take your eyes off Christ. The revelation of Jesus Christ, not the revelation of military warfare or the United Nations or whatever. Don't take your eyes off Christ. Even in the church instructions, you know, you can get so bogged down in chapters two and three in the church instructions, and we are to receive instruction. But with every single church letter, he introduces himself in such a way that it's appropriate to that letter. Unto the, give you an example, chapter 2, verse 1. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus. So it's not about, this isn't about the church. These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks that broadcast his authority. His deity. It reminds us of who he is, expressed himself in chapter 1. This letter is about Jesus Christ and what he has to say to the church of Ephesus. You see? So every turn, everything that we see in this letter, it's about him. And truly, isn't everything else? Everything should be about him. And in this letter, now that we know everything's about him, the purpose statement in this the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, why? Here's the purpose statement. If you have a pen, write down purpose statement next to it if you'd like. To show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. This letter is written to his people, no doubt. If you go, turn on my page, I have to turn the page. Read, put your eyeballs on, on verse 4, okay? To show his servants, yes, it's not, it's not written to every believer there ever was. Who was Revelation written to? The Revelation of Jesus Christ, who was it written to? Verse 4, John to the seven churches which are in Asia. I believe this points... This points to the urgent and dreadful importance the Lord puts on his assembly. Not I put on his assembly. The Lord puts on his assembly. The last words from God Almighty written in the word of God are written to the church. People get excited that Paul wrote to this local assembly or that local assembly and, and whatever. But these are words by command of God Almighty, Jesus Christ, unto his local assembly. I believe the promises in chapters 2 and 3 underscore that idea. So when it says to show unto his servants... There is special understanding and instruction that the Lord gives to his people in his church. Does he, does he teach all of his, are, are all believers students of God? Absolutely. Look in John, if you would please, in chapter 6. Every child of God is a student of God. Okay? Every, without question, every child of God is a student of God. John, John chapter 6. Verse 45. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. 
Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Every stinking child of God of all time, which is the family of God, is taught of God. But this isn't a general, all teaching exercise. The book of Revelation was physically and tangibly written to the Lord's assembly. Again, Christ is the focal point. He is the, he is the issue. He is the focal point. He is the centerpiece. The purpose of Christ in this letter is to show his servants, specifically in his assembly, things that must shortly come to pass. If someone, if anyone read this and studied it, they could profit from it. But these things are written, and we're going to read chapters 2 and 3, with great urgency the Lord's people should have been living this. And I believe over the years there has been, there's been great opportunity missed, I believe, to broadcast these things that are written in this book. I believe that the commission that the uh, the Lord gave his assembly is reiterated. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 17. And the spirit and the bride say, come. Who's the bride? Is that every believer there ever was? No. Is that every New Testament believer? No. Who's the bride? Revelation chapter 19, verse 6. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice, and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of of saints. And he saith unto me, Right, and blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. Those that are called unto the Lamb, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Again, the Lamb's the focal point, not the bride. The Lamb's the focal point, not the bride. But there are guests at that wedding. Who are they? And he saith unto me, These things are, tr- are the true sayings of God. Well, who, who is that bride? Again, Revelation 22, verse 17. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Why did I read that? Because that is the full, if the bride of Christ are those faithful church members that have echoed the gospel sound faithfully unto Christ throughout the ages, and I believe that's exactly it, then this is a verification that that letter unto these churches that they would indeed be urgently faithful unto Christ Jesus, the, the, the chief corner, the head of his assembly. Now I say the head of his assembly, again, no universal assembly. He's the head of this assembly, organized by authority throughout the ages, organically, like begets like, just as any other of his assembly through the ages, all the way back to Matthew chapter 16. So the purpose of this. So then, if you are a child of God, and it says unto his servants. This isn't unto his children. This is unto his servants. What's a servant do? If you go, if you go over here to Munchie's Olay, Lex, and you have a waiter, what's that, what's that waiter going to do? You ask for tamales, what are they bringing you? Tamales. You ask for root beer, what are they bringing you? Right. You ask for ketchup, yeah, they bring you ketchup. A servant does what the master tells them to do. Who does that? Again, the Lord's church. Christ is the focal point. What did he say in Matthew 28? All power is given to me in heaven and earth. It's about him. Go ye therefore, servants. Right? To show his servants what things must shortly come to pass. So if you were to sit, if you were to go home. And read the book of Revelation in one sitting all the way through. There'd be so much stuff it'd blow your mind. 
but it also terrify you. And there'll be places where we will be shaken. But it is to give us an urgency to do those things that he's told us to do. An urgency. That word shortly means swiftly or quickly. And if it must shortly come to pass some 2,000 years ago, what about today? Sister Jill, when uh, we're, when we're coming home from somewhere, she'll send Lexington a text message. Y'all remember, remember that cartoon, Tom and Jerry? There's a text message, a little cartoon that has Tom cleaning real fast and doing different things well, urgently, trying to get things cleaned up. Well, they might be just laying around over here, but when, when they know we're on our way home, they, they try to they try to pick up a little bit. You see, swiftly, urgently, it can happen in a moment. If the bride hath made herself ready and you would like to be in the bride, have you made yourself ready? If in a moment that trumpet could sound, which I believe it, it could, have we lived such? As we read these things and study, looking unto Jesus, we must all we must believe, we must believe, and I and as I said at the outset. I believe that the Lord will come back before we finish this study. Now, the study of the book of Revelation. As I see kind of a preaching plan through 20, 2024, it will take us at least almost the entire year just to get through the seven churches of Asia. So chapters 1, 2, and 3. At that pace, 22 chapters, it'll take us about seven years to get through the book of Revelation. Think the Lord might come back before then? I I certainly do. But what if we didn't have that time? So far we've preached 149 messages out of the book of John. What if what if we did it in half of that? Okay? What what if what if in 70 messages, which would be about a year and a half, is that a short time or a long time? Carissa will have lost all or Layla will have lost all her teeth by then. Think about it. Urgently. Not as though we're hitting the panic button, but truly sounding an alarm. An alarm. Fire! Ezekiel chapter 33. Look, look there just for a second. Ezekiel chapter 33. As we consider these things... And, and yes, I, I'm looking forward to being with the Lord. I, there, are, there are days and times where I just don't want to do this anymore. And I believe every child of God has a deep longing to be with their Lord. But you know, I believe that all of the elect shall be saved. And it says that in Romans chapter 11, that the time of the Gentiles shall, shall, shall be completed. But if I truly want to be with the Lord and I truly know that the time is at hand and I, tru uh, and I truly believe these things are so and the, this is written unto his servants to show us these things, Ezekiel chapter 33. And again, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon the land, if the people of the land take a man of their coast and set them for their watchmen, the servants of the living God in the Lord's church. What, what is that commission? Go ye into all the earth. Set a watchman if you are a servant of the living God, exercising through his local assembly. You are set by God as a watchman. If when you see the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people. Then whosoever heareth the sound, now seeing, you know, seeing that coming, he says the time is at hand. It's coming. You see it coming. I see it coming. Then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning. His blood shall be upon him, but he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet, and I'm guilty of this, I know the time is at hand. And I know, Christ, behold, the Lord cometh. Enoch said that, the Sabbath from Adam. 
And blow not the trumpet. And the people, be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity. Yes, they will die in their sins, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So thou, O watchman, thou, O watchman, I have set thee a watchman under the house of Israel. Therefore, therefore thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants the things which must shortly come to pass. How serious, you know, sometimes, and, I, and I've seen this and I've experienced this, it's been this in my own life. Being satisfied with no one's sovereign grace and being satisfied with being a church member, just go live my life. Meanwhile, I'll leave my trumpet at home and just stuck away. No, the time is at hand. Like that fighting I told you before. The time is at hand. The alarm should be sounding. This is sent and signified. Look at this. He sent and signified it. Who sent and signified it? Jesus Christ, which God gave it to him. Sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. Sent and signified. Who bear record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all the things that he saw. So what do we learn about John? What do we know about John? In, in, in verse 1, he calls himself a servant. He's not, nothing special about him. Unto the servants. Show unto the servants. And here, John, I, I'm, one, I'm a servant. Yes, he was that beloved apostle. And yes, he was well known among uh, early, early uh, Christianity. He was the writer of the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. The pastor at Ephesus. He was a brother and companion in tribulation. Chapter 1 and verse 9 says, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation. That's not the great tribulation period. He was on Patmos. He was on exile for preaching the word of God. Look what it says. And the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Why was he there? Because he was sounding the alarm. This is not about him. Hey, look, I'm just a servant. I'm out here. I'm a nobody. I was preaching Christ and him crucified. Is John the writer of the book of Revelation? Yes, he did write it. He wrote everything. In verse 2, who bear record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ and all things that he saw. So it's not like you've got a Sinai event where Christ wrote these things in a tablet and then just handed it to John. John wrote these things down. But John is a, a verifiable and uh, wit a witness of these things. He, he, he is a, a person that could be relied upon as a, as a faithful witness. Why does he mention these things? Well, up to this point, there is no reason for us to ignore or refute the book of Revelation. These things are to be wholeheartedly and, and accepted without any kind of controversy. Some like to say that he was in some kind of vision or he was you know, uh, dehydrated and delirious or whatever. Chapter 1, verse 10 contradicts that idea. For I was in the, uh, he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. You know, funny thing about delusions and dream sequences and that kind of thing is it's been scientific, scientifically observed that if someone is hallucinating, that they hear in stereo. But the fact that he heard behind him verifies that there was a voice and directionally it was behind him. So in the spirit on the Lord's day, still aware and vigilant, hypervigilant to his surroundings. He wasn't passed out. He wasn't on drugs. He wasn't in a delusion. He was fully awake and aware when all of these things were going on. When it says he was caught up in chapter four, we have to believe that. 
These things actually happened. So, it's about Christ. Oh, it's too fantastic. I can't believe that. Jesus Christ said it and John signified it. Believe it. Don't spiritualize it. Okay, sometimes it's easy to spiritualize things. It, when you when you read something, you have to take them at their word, right? If if he says that that he saw a dragon, we have to we have to think dragon first. Okay. John, is he reliable? Yes, I believe he's reliable. Is Jesus Christ reliable? Well, we know he is. So when we're reading this, Jesus Christ is the focal point. No doubt. The purpose is to sh of, of God Almighty is to show his people in his local church these things and to impress upon us an idea of urgency with these things. And he also press, promises blessings, but they're conditional. Okay? Raise your hand if you want to have blessings after through reading the book of Revelation. There you go. All right, good. If you want blessings, here's the recipe. Coming by God himself, blessed is he that readeth. Stop there just for a second. It would be tempting, oh, it would be tempting to claim all readers, wouldn't it? It would be very tempting to claim all readers. No doubt, no doubt, someone reading this would be blessed by it. But what does he mean? Well, Check it out. Chapter 1, verses 18. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. Write these things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, the things which are, things which you have seen is chapter 1, things which are, chapters 2 and 3, and the things which thou shall be hereafter. That's Chapters 4 through 22. That, that's the outline of the book of Revelation, if you didn't know that. I'll say it again. The things which are, chapter 1. The things, uh, uh, excuse me, the things which thou hast seen, chapter 1. The things which are, chapters 2 and 3. And the things which shall be hereafter, chapters 4 through 22. The mystery of the seven... Uh, stars which thou sawest in, the, in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. So he says, write these things down. Okay? Now, here we go a little further. The reading of it. Again, that's what we're talking about. Blessed are, blessed are they, blessed is he that readeth. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write. And then he gets into church matters. Chapter 2, verse 8. And unto the angel of the church of Smyrna write. These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. 2, verse 12. And to the angel of the church of Pergamos write. These things saith he which hath a sharp sword with two edges. 2 verse 18. And unto the angel of the church of Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath eyes like in the flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. Chapter 3 verse 1. And unto the angel of the church of Sardis write, These things saith he that hath seven spirits of God and seven stars. I know thy works. 3 verse 7. And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. Verse 3, 14. Yeah, chapter 3, verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of Laodicea write, these things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning and creation of God. So, blessed is he that readeth. Who do you suppose that is? It's the pastors of the churches. Is that what you're going to say? Good. It's the pastors of the churches. It would be a blessing for the churches of the living God for their pastors to read and expound upon the things that Christ, with all urgency, with the things that must shortly come to pass, that they would read these things unto the servants. Okay? 
So while it's tempting to say all readers, the true blessings then are to faithful pastors who read these things to the churches. Okay? I would desire from you then to diligently pray for me that as the reader of this book and expounder of this book and preacher of this book, that with all blessings from God that I would be blessed. I would ask you to pray for me in that. Why? And they that hear the words of this prophecy, because as God blesses me in the reading of this, you will be blessed in the hearing of it. It's kind of a selfish thing for you then to pray for me. Think about it then in the context of those local churches. If the Chapter 2, if the angel of the church of Ephesus would have been blessed to read it to the church of Ephesus, then the church of Ephesus then would have likewise benefited from, from the pastor reading it to them, right? So the church of Ephesus should have held their pastor in prayer before God urgently in all times. I would ask you to do the same for me. And as this, as this book is being read, it would be tempting, again, tempting, to say everybody that hears it would be blessed. I mean, these things go out on Sermon Audio. Would it be great if people that heard this on Sermon Audio that were blessed? Yeah, it'd be great. But who is intended to be blessed at the hearing? In the local church... When the pastor was reading these, this book, the hearers in the local church then would be blessed by hearing these things, right? Attend, attending unto them. Again, who was the designed audience? It was those seven golden candlesticks, those seven churches in Asia. True blessings then are to faithful hearers of the uh, servants in the Lord's local assembly. Can somebody read this and be blessed? Yes. These blessings, blessed is he that readeth and they that keep the words of this prophecy. I believe there are very special blessings in the Lord's assembly. I believe that. A lot of folks are content with reading and hearing. There's a third condition here. And keep those things that and keep those things which are written therein. Keeping means to attend to carefully, to guard, to observe, and to set a watch. Kind of like that watchman in Ezekiel 33. The Lord said, teaching them whatsoever things I've commanded thee. And lo, I'm with you until the end of the world, end of the age. I believe the Lord's church, the focal point is Christ, not the church. The Lord's church has been commissioned to be to testify of him and to keep these things. And we read that in Revelation chapter 19, that the bride hath made herself ready. How did she do it? Well, pastors reading this, this book, the church is hearing this book, and they keeping this book. You want to be in the bride? You pray for me that I read it as I pray for you that you hear it. And we pray for one another that we keep it for the glory of Jesus Christ. And I do desire that you would desire to be in the bride. Who was to keep it? The local church. Again, he wrote these things. You, a person cannot faithfully keep these things Outside of the Lord's assembly. I'll double down on that. A person cannot faithfully keep the things written in this book outside the Lord's assembly. I'll show you. Can, can I keep the things that are... Can, could a person in Ephesus keep the things that were written to the church of Ephesus and they were not a member of the church of Ephesus? No. 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 Now, let me say this. 
You go down to chapter 3, the angel of the, the church of Sardis. A church, a member, and as this spread out, if a member of the church of Sardis read the book, the letter to the church of Ephesus, they could grow by it, but within the confines of the local assembly, you see. These things were written to the churches. These things were not put in the, uh, the, the Ephesus Gazette, you see. So then, one who is not hearing and keeping these things in the Lord's assembly is not hearing them and keeping them. Not truly. They're missing out on tremendous blessings. The, this book was written to the Lord's assemblies. Right? This puts it in perspective, doesn't it? Again, as a reader in the Lord's assembly, I should desire to be blessed and, and thus given to reading it. And over the years, we have studied parts of the first conference that we hosted here is about uh, the, the seven sayings, but also letters to the seven churches. We've studied the crowns at least twice. And I've done a study through the churches at least twice over the years. This is the first, I suppose, comprehensive study that we've done through the book of Revelation. And that's that's my fault. But as the reader in this assembly, I should desire, I should desire to be blessed, thus given to reading. And as the hearer in this assembly, you should desire to be blessed, thus given to hearing. And as keepers in the Lord's assembly, we as a group should desire to be blessed, thus we should be given to keeping these things that are written. You never believe it. Never believe this. But hearing the Lord, trusting Him, and doing what He says would bring blessings for the children of God in His assembly. I believe by the Word of God that there are no, there is no one that will, there is no person that will ever be more blessed than a saved faithful local church member. What? Remember the Lord said that there was none greater than John the Baptist, but the least in the kingdom of God was greater than him. There will never be anyone more blessed for God's glory. For God's glory. There'll be no one more blessed than those that are local, faithful, Believers in the Lord's assembly. Please put hearing and keeping in the church, looking unto Jesus as a top priority. Uh, not looking at the church. Again, it's not about checking boxes through the church. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. We read about the marriage ceremony. And it's uh, the, the marriage of the lamb. It's not the marriage of the, of, the, of the bride. It's the marriage of the lamb. It's about him. He is the center point. The time is at hand. Read that again in verse 3. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and they that keep, the, and, and keep those things which are written therein. For the time is at hand. The time is at hand. The word urgency of importance requiring swift action with earnest and persistent quality and insistence. Now. Now. Urgency in what? In seeing the Lord Jesus Christ. Urgency in what? In seeing Christ. In seeing the purpose that He has showed us these things. What's the purpose that He has showed us these things? That we would urgently read. That we would urgently hear and urgently keep the things that are written in this book. You should want blessings from me in reading it. And I surely want blessings for you in hearing it. But we should provoke and love and good works one with another, that we would truly be blessed, trusting the Lord, doing what he says. Children of God, the time is at hand. The time is at hand. 
And it might be all exciting right here as we're preaching this thing. Oh, the time is at hand. But how quickly do we go back to life? How quickly? No, our lives, our lives should be about the revelation of Jesus Christ. It could happen in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. That's true. That's true. But what of those? Yes, they'll die in their sins, but what of those that you have not declared the gospel sound unto? I truly do believe that hell was full of people crying for evangelists. Send someone. Tell my brothers not to come to this place. The time is at hand. The time is at hand. Children of God, see the Lord Jesus Christ. These things are written. I'll commit myself to reading them. You commit yourself to hearing them. Let's hold each other accountable and commit ourselves to keeping these things. Just a little while to be over. A few more trials, a few more tears, just a few more days. A few more days, the time is at hand, he says, and it's narrower than when we first believed. A few more days, provoking one another in love and good works as we see the day approaching. A few more days, the time is at hand. Anybody ever have an alarm clock? Did you ever have an alarm clock that you had to wake up by? What time did you have to use to wake up, Brother Gary? No, about 5.30. Did that alarm clock ever take you by surprise? Every time. <laughs> yeah, every time. There's times that I'll roll over and, and I can't explain it. My body just knows that it's time for me to get up. And I'll look over and i got two minutes left on my alarm or something, <laughs> something like that. Children of God, don't you just feel that it's time? Romans. Romans chapter 13. Verse 11. And that, knowing that Romans chapter 13, verse 11, and that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. It's time to get up. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly and in the day, not in rioting or in drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. But put you on the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the focal point. And may not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. The time is at hand. Children of God, as we progress through the book of Revelation, I do pray that the Lord give us every day, every moment, that, that these verses would just call to our minds, the time is at hand, the time is at hand, the time is at hand, the time is at hand. The Lord will save his people from their sins. He, he set his watchman, and that, that is you, that is I. Children of God, take these things seriously. Hear what is being said. Declare unto this lost and dying world the salvation that is only found in Jesus Christ. I believe as we read, as, as we read that John can't hardly contain himself in verse 7. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindred of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. He's on, he's on the tiptoes of faith. He's on the tiptoes of faith. In Revelation chapter, chapter uh, 22 and verse 20, 
He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. You know John. Oh, buddy, he, he was on the tiptoes of faith. It could happen right now. That was 2,000 years ago, y'all. 1900 or so. It can happen now. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. I pray blessings upon us, upon you, and ask you to pray for me. Sinners, the time is at hand. The time is at hand. I remember as an unsaved person that the that Revelation chapter one was the most terrifying was one of the, one of the most terrifying passages in the Word of God to me, because I saw the pure holiness of Jesus Christ. You know, there's a, there's an idea this world has that that the Lord Jesus is some long haired, blue eyed, you know, helpless little thing wringing his hands and his hands out. Oh, please, won't you love me? He's God Almighty. Yah, hallelujah, the Lord most vehement. One day, as we read before, every knee shall bow at him. And with all holiness, he will judge those that have wickedly sinned against him. The time is at hand. Oh, it seems like so far away. The time is at hand. It seems like it might never happen. Time, what's that? Oh yeah, I'm just living my life. Time, whatever. What if when that alarm clock goes off in the morning, it's an alarm clock and you lift up your eyes in torment like that rich man in Luke 16? What if you're like that other fellow in the book of Luke says, you know what, I'm going to build some barns tomorrow because my stuff, it's so great and I got all these plans and thou fool, thou so thy soul shall be required of thee this day. The time is at hand. There are people that die every day that have never died before. The time is at hand. Don't wait until tomorrow. Oh, almost you persuaded me, preacher. Almost, almost you talked me into it. I know you can't make yourself saved, but it's your sinful will that runs from God. You love yourself so much that you refuse to put yourself away. That's why repentance is impossible of the natural man because the natural man loves himself too much and desires to worship themselves too much. You can't do it. And yet you're commanded to. One by the new birth will flee to Christ for refuge. But until you see yourself as a sinner, and I know you won't until God grants you repentance, but it's a natural thing to know yourself as a sinner. What do you mean? Well, it's as natural as death. The wages of sin is death. It's an undeniable fact that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Knowing that, and that the time is at hand. The time is at hand. All things. The end of all things is at hand. I encourage you to repent. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's something. Here's something about Christ. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5. And from Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins, his own blood. That's this is written to believers. But if you're ever to be saved, salvation is bound in the love of God, the work of Jesus Christ, and the washing away of your sins. You can't wash away your sins. What can wash away your sins? That's the song we sing. Nothing but the blood of Jesus.
I encourage you, knowing that the time is at hand to repent, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and be saved. May the Lord bless, and I mean truly bless, the reading, the hearing, and the keeping of this prophecy. And when I say may the Lord bless, he promised he would do it. I believe that's a sure, I, I believe that's a sure ask that the Lord would keep his word and bless the preaching, the hearing, and the keeping of his word in the local assembly.